Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Ah, uh, yes. Joining us on the Ben and Skin Show right now, the great John Daniels. How are you doing today, J.D.? I'm all right, guys. How are you? Hey, we're doing really well. We're out in beautiful Oxnard, California, covering Cowboys camp. But, of course, our mind is always on Texas Rangers baseball. And i got to tell you how exciting it's been to see the resurgence of Rugnet Odor hmm. and just another example of uh, you guys showing patience with a guy and, uh, and, and having that pay off. What do you think is the key to the turnaround for Odor? And I guess the hardest question is, is do you think this is sustainable? Yeah, I think the question for me is, is I don't really think this is so much of a turnaround that I think this is what he's capable of. I think he, you know, what we've got to do is, is avoid the uh, the long slumps in the first place, which is kind of obvious and, and easier said than done. But I think a lot of it for me is, is this off season and just the the work he puts in. Rookie likes to you know get away and go home, and then certainly it's prerogative to do with his family. But um, you know, I, I think there's a the, the challenge for us is to design an off season program for him that gets him into a, a good spot coming in and so that we don't you know, have to go through what we went through this year. You know, uh, as we – let's see, we got uh, early August. So as this thing unfolds and you call up a, a bunch of guys here in September, mm-hmm. what is what do you think is going to be going on in the outfield? Like what is what is the goal for the remainder of the season, aside from winning games? What is the goal for who's going to be in the outfield and how they're going to be used? Yeah, I, I mean, it's going to be a little bit of um... – uh, Woody playing matchups and, and Woody putting guys in position to succeed. Um, you know, it's, uh, obviously we're seven back of the wild card and, and wild card, excuse me. I don't know why I couldn't say that. And then uh, you got Tampa and Cleveland playing really well ahead of us. Oakland playing well. You know, I, I guess my point is I'm very cognizant of where we are and the standings and realize it's a, you know, a statistical long shot, but you know, the, there's, we're not like, given up by any stretch. I think you know, we'll get Sean Kelly back here. I think that bringing up the young guys was not just designed to take a look at guys. I think we're going to play better. Uh, we've got to take advantage and, and really play well here in August. Our schedule only gets tougher in, in September. But uh, so my point there is that while we want to get a look at guys, we also want to play you know, the, the group that gives us the best chance going out. We want to play competitive baseball, whether it ends up, ends up with us making a run or not. I think it's going to benefit us long-term to play you know, competitive games and, and, and not to, uh, you know, not to roll over at all. So it'll be a little bit of a rotation. Guys will get different looks, but, you know, Woody's also going to play the guys that are most deserving. J.D., how do you evaluate Danny Santana's future considering this year that he's having is somewhat out of nowhere? I mean, obviously he was he was really good early in his career, but how do you balance this uh, incredible 2019 with the fact that there's not a huge track record? a great question yeah i think the the good thing for us is that we have a little bit of runway to to make any sort of big decisions meaning that you know he's going to be under control through arbitration for a couple of years before he's eligible for free agency um 
I think a couple of things with Danny, you know, one is just a really unique skill set. You, you just won't find guys that, that do what he does, the switch hit, the power from both sides, the ability to play all over the diamond, run, throw, et cetera. Um, two is, you know, there is pedigree here. It, it, he hasn't been great for a few years, but this guy was you know, a very uh, highly touted young player coming up in the twin system, could really play short, really hit, had a good rookie season, and, and then, and then struggled. So it's not, you know, totally out of the blue. And the other piece that there's a lot of uh, a lot of kind of process type statistics that suggest what he's doing is is real. I mean, the, the you've got some concern just on the on the, the walk strikeout piece, but um, you know he, he's really managed the bats pretty well. Uh, he is a bit of a free swinger, but he doesn't swing and miss a ton out of the zone. And um, you know, ultimately, like I, I think we are. We had opportunities to trade him. Teams called us on him. Uh, we decided that now wasn't the time, that we wanted to see it through with Danny a little bit longer because, you know, we believe in the guy. John Daniels joining us on the Ben and Skin Show. What is the latest on Taylor Hearn? I saw that he's been shut down again, and I'm really not fully sure what's been going on with him the last couple of weeks. Can you update us on him? Yeah, he just he didn't feel comfortable. Uh, he was throwing live BP. He'd gotten out to three or four innings. And, uh, you know, the velo wasn't all the way there. It wasn't, you know, Taylor didn't really feel any pain, but just it didn't feel right to him. Um, Dr. Meister examined them, did a scan. And I think, you know, the, the, the good news is that the ligament appears to be healthy. Uh, there was some inflammation around the joint that he wanted to give some time to cool off. Um, but, uh, you know, just one of those things, some guys come back quickly from it. Uh, other guys take longer. And, and unfortunately with Taylor, like, this one's taking a little longer than we hoped. And, you know, the, the downside is we've lost pretty much all this year from a development standpoint. Uh, hopefully, if, if the diagnosis is accurate, then he should be able to get back and compete for a spot in spring training. You know, I, I don't I don't really know exactly how to ask this question. We kind of touched on, on some of it earlier, but I'm just going to dive in. It, it certainly feels like uh, something has changed with Nomar Mazzara, whereas at least from the outside looking in that, that maybe, uh, you know, his spot every day isn't as firm there as, as it used to be. And, um, you know, not that the organization is abandoning Nomar Mazzara by any means. I'm just, it's, it feels like there's been an adjustment in the thinking there. Can you understand that perception at all? And, and is that at all accurate, yeah. even though that's a tough question? Yeah, no, I think I, I get it. And I, I think it is accurate. It's that, I think a couple things, you know, one, you know, Nomar is, no more got to the big leagues at 20 years old and performed well out of the gate. And, you know, we're always kind of evaluating people against expectations, but also against not just like perception, but against reasonable expectations. And so when you get there at 20, 21 years old, you produce, you know, there, there's a, uh, an expectation that there's you know, some upward trajectory. And, and he's been a, a, you know, a solid contributor, but he's been, He's kind of stagnated from a production standpoint, and I think the conversations we've had with Nomar, and he agrees with us, is that his potential is is above his production to this point in his career. Uh, I think the other, so, so we've had those conversations. He understands it, and he's he's looking to try to, you know, make some adjustments and put some things in play to uh, to improve. I think the other thing is that you know the level of competition has, has just increased. You know, we're our our uh, some of our young guys are reaching the big leagues that are on the verge of it that uh, are deserving of looks as well. Willie's, you know, very good hitter in his own right. And 
uh, that's the other piece of it. So it's, it's a little bit more competitive, um, and, uh, and that's why you're you're kind of feeling what you're feeling. You're seeing the, what you're uh, seeing, I should say. John, the pitcher you guys acquired last week from Atlanta, Allard, I guess pitched, was it Friday night maybe? Uh, and I saw early results were good. Can you kind of tell us what, what went on with him Friday night? Yeah, he threw well for Nashville. Um, kind of came out uh, super aggressive on the mound. I, mean, I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch because he's, he's, you know, he's one of these pitchers that as soon as he releases the pitch, he's looking for the ball from the catcher. He's back up on the rubber. He's waiting on the hitter. He really you know, kind of controls the tempo. I think our fans will like that. I think our, our defenders will like that. Um, it, it was, I got, I got a chance to watch it on, on the, uh, MILB website there. And, and similar to the reports of our staff, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's a little, I think he has a reputation of being like kind of a finesse lefty. He's, he's really not. He's, it was solid stuff. I mean, it's, it's fastballs kind of 91, 94 pitches both up and down with him side to side. He's got a, his curveball that was really his pitch out of high school, he, he still has. It wasn't quite as consistent as it's been. He's come up with a little cutter, kind of morphs into a slider, and he's got a good changeup. So he really kind of attacked hitters from, from pitch one. Um, had a bunch of punch-outs early in the game. Ended up punching out, I think, eight and five innings. And uh, yeah, he's fun to watch. So he's a guy that you know we're going to look to uh, you know, probably take a look at here in the big league sooner than later. Hey, I just wanted to clarify something too. I what a great year for Joey Gallo, and obviously uh, he he tailed off before you know he went on the injured list with with the broken hamate bone. But just to be clear, it, it, do you think that's what the 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 tail off was all about? That he was dealing with that, or, or, or are they unrelated? I, I do think it was. Uh, I, you know, didn't totally realize that he said kind of after the fact that it had been uh, bugging him a little bit. Uh, on and off, um, really since the previous trip to Seattle, and uh, and then on that one swing, you, you could see it where he grimaced like the the, the bone broke. So I, my guess that it had probably been either a small fracture or, or a bruise that you know guys play through stuff all the time and don't realize what that something's really wrong, and then uh, and then it broke. So you know he, he's in a really good state of mind right now, um, really just kind of waiting for the wound itself to heal up. Because uh, it's not a, a major surgery. They basically go in and they take out this piece of bone, and there's not a whole lot uh, other going on. So once this thing heals up, he'll start. He's doing like one-handed swings right now. He'll be able to swing, you know, fully, and he's already able to lift and, and that stuff. So he wants to come back. I think he wants to finish out the season as as you know we certainly do too. So I think uh, you know we're I don't know exactly how many weeks it'll be, but sometime early to mid September, I think we'll see him back. So, man, we we love having you on our show. Uh, have loved it for many years. Somebody who listens to a lot of our interviews had had noticed something. They said, "Hey, I noticed JD when he's describing strikeouts on your show. You know, he could say it any number of ways. He could say K. I mean, there's a million different ways to say it, but he he thinks that you tend to to lean towards punch out as being your favorite way. So, what are all the ways in which you could uh, describe a strikeout, and and why is punch out your favorite if it is? That's interesting. I don't know why. I I, I definitely do say that no there's no uh, meaning behind it yeah, uh, ode to the mike tyson game or something i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like it it's kind of a punctuator it's kind of punch outs mm-hmm. you know it's, it sounds cool but yeah. do, do uh, you're surrounded by baseball people all day do you, do you hear it a bunch of different ways uh yeah i mean guys i guess guys do do talk about it different ways but like i i try not to um but the guys that have grown up playing the game 
minor leagues, big leagues, like they have certain like terminology that I, you know, that I, I, I don't, I try to stay away from because I feel like it would be trying too hard if I use some of it. So I, I, I but I, I don't think punch out's one of them. I don't know. Maybe no. I gotta think about that a little more. No, I don't, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Are you, are you talking about like, do you have an example of what you might be talking about? What it, like a ball player would say, uh, I mean, just a, a very like a very basic one. You'll hear guys, you know, say he rakes or you know, or right, um, you know that that sort of a thing. When I and and I'm sure I've used it from time to time, but for the most part, I you know I'll hear like we're, we're having development meetings today, and like Kenny Holmberger, like you know his dad played the game, coach he played the game, he has certain terminology, or Michael Young, or or all these guys, or Dwayne Murphy, certain terminology that that you know they've they've been around like players in the game for. 20, 30 years, you know, and so, uh, and in clubhouses and whatever, and there's certain, just certain ways that, uh, you, you hear them talk and you can usually kind of understand like that, you know, the guy played the game a long time. That's really cool. I'm really fascinated by that, but I think that's, uh, also that thoughtfulness is kind of what makes you who you are. Hey, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. And we'll uh, look forward to catching up. All right, guys. Thank you. There he goes, John Davis. I just think that shows uh, an intelligence and a thoughtfulness mm-hmm. uh, on his part, you know, to to say, hey, that that sort of terminology belongs uh, to people that played the game, right? And I don't want to appear that I'm trying too hard. I'll just talk how I talk, right? And I just I just have a lot of respect for that. I think He's that's not really fronting, cool. B. He ain't fronting, yo. Uh, <laughs> no, it's really good, really really good stuff. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.